welcome all to another episode of the Win and In podcast. Episode 20. We've gotten to the 20s now. I am here with my usual co-host, Mr. Gabe Holmstein, Jonathan Wyatt. Uh, How's it going, guys? Splendid. Yeah, it's going well. So no complaints. Uh, I feel like we've had some good activity these last couple weeks for Flesh and Blood. So I'm just ready to get into it. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about, um, even just from our last week podcast, which we had with Peter Budinsik, Budin, yeah, Budinsik, um, who won the Battle Harn. So if you want to know how he won with Kano, check out the last one. But today we're going to talk about, uh, we just had this recent Battle Harn, Battle Harn Bologna. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about the new uh, announcements with Organized Play and where the new Battle Harns and Calling and even worlds is going to be um and then we're going to talk about some new spoiler cards that got errata and then we even have a little bonus subject to talk about afterwards um that we'll let jonathan lead the way into <laughs> but let's get into that Bauhorn bologna now um and a bravo won this one Ooh, what do y'all think of that i didn't even keep track of that that's crazy yeah luca Kramerick. Uh, Bravo had a notoriously bad outing in calling Indianapolis, mm-hmm. but here in the European scene, he was able to take it. What was was there anything special about his list, or was it kind of like a generic Bravo? You know, I liked his list because it ran Grandeur of Battle High, and anytime <laughs> I can put a gem in my decks, I want to. I like so it. I do like that. Um, but yeah, nothing too special. Ran to Oasis for Spice. I'm guessing he was worried about Icelander a little bit. Okay. There. A lunging press is kind of spicy. Yeah, I really like well, that. Well, I mean, you know? it works out. He had two Icelanders in the top eight, so it might have worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oldham and Bravo were the finalists. Uh, Bravo tends to have a good matchup in Oldham, so that was a good final battle that he had. Um, but yeah, it was a very diverse meta is what I'm, I'm seeing here. That's sweet. Um, yeah, so there was 150 players, I think. Or, or wait, hold up. Yeah, I think that's what it said. 150 uh, something. 160. Oh 160. My golly. So that's a good size battle heart. And anytime you can pass a 100 marker, I think the data you can take from this is pretty real at that point because it's just a lot to, to go through. A lot of rounds are being played. Um, once, we saw Icelander, Briar, and Dash all have 21 players representing that hero, which was the most. So Icelander, Bri- uh, Briar, and Dash. But then, yeah, at the end, we saw two Ice, uh, yeah, two Icelanders, uh, no Dash, and no Briars. Um, so, uh, yeah, just still, still, still pretty hard for aggro. So, no fives in this one either. We do see a Lexi in this. Uh, it's a lightning Lexi. There was a, a a five that that made it to the top eight. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. sorry, Alberto de Blas or Blasi. Uh, yeah, you're right. Five did make it to the top eight. I, I believe that's a yeah. Two, if anything, five. like kind of no, kind of leave it up to Europe to to mix it up a bit because like right before right before the pro tour, you know, you got some interesting data saying, Hey, like there's a variety of heroes that you can bring. So Mm -hmm. that's the big thing about pro tour. And that's the big thing about worlds is that you can look at the American meta, but 
it's just no matter how like one dimensional our meta is, it does not impact the rest of the world. Like Europe always has a different looking meta. Asia always has a different looking meta. Uh, and even the Australian New Zealand scene. So it is super interesting. I almost sometimes wish I lived in Europe for <laughs> the flesh and blood meta. <laughs> it's a bit more diverse, which is kind of oh, cool. Fun. You can kind of get away with playing a Bravo there where here you cannot. So my question is, cause we were just at uh, Indianapolis and we were contemplating playing in a battle hardened. Um, cause this was blitz, correct? Or is it? Uh, I think this was classic constructed. Oh, was it? So maybe yeah, it's classic constructed. Oh, yeah. Well, my question's invalid and I rescind everything. <laughs> okay. I thought it was Blitz for some reason. Never mind. No, yeah. Um, Bravo and Blitz would have been very interesting. But no, this class is con classic okay. constructed. Um, I guess I'm just so but yeah, we're even seeing Dromai and Viscerai um, in the top eight as well. So it's, it's, it's very, very diverse, which is really cool. And you know what my favorite thing is? Is that we Americans will look at these this European meta. We'll look at a Asian meta, even the Australian New Zealand meta, we even do this one. And we're like, ah, oh, they're just not as good as us. Disregarded. They still haven't figured out like we do. Oh Lord. <laughs> that's always how I hear it. It's like, oh, they're it's too diverse because they haven't solved it like we did. And it's like I think everyone's toots their own horn. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh yeah, I would agree. All right. Well, I was for sure uh, get you, you know, talking on that one, John. I was sure I'd like trigger you, <laughs> like get you <laughs> triggered a little bit there, but well, you held strong. I'll give you that. Here, here's the thing: I'm not, I, I'm not just gonna bite at every little little bait that gets thrown my way. <laughs> I was, I was trying to, I was casting the reel. I was trying to get you. <laughs> All right. Well, now that you've cast it again, you got me. Okay. So, <laughs> that this time. like, like here's the thing: there's still like two Icelanders in the top eight. There's still two Guardians. So it's like, and, yeah, and, and then it's, it's and then true. it's everything else. So like at, at the end of the day, it's like e even Europe has to acknowledge that Icelander and Guardian are just the strongest decks in my opinion. So They are. And um, the Icelander decks out there were almost mere copies of Michael Hamilton's um, Icelander. So um, yeah, it's, it's not... I, it's so good. That deck is so damn good. I've been practicing with it, just getting better as an Icelander player. And it's just like, it's just such a good deck. And I so I totally get that people just kind of copy-paste it. I, I get it. I just also wish that we saw a little bit more variance with Icelander. But I guess well, the reason why we don't is because... I mean, like, you're just saying they don't have it solved. But if they're playing the solved deck, I mean... I, I That's what I'm saying. Like, that deck's probably solved. Yeah. So we Americans, we do have Michael Hamilton, uh, and that is what we stand behind for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, that's a thin person to stand behind too. Not gonna, you know, he's no Bravo, just like <laughs> with an unmovable block in your true. way, right? It's uh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we do have to kind of, you know, and us, us big Americans, you know, we're yeah, he's not going to block much, but we'll we'll take it, we'll take what we got. Yeah, right. We'll take what we have, and uh, he'll he'll give him a frostbite. He'll soften him, slow him down a little bit. Look, I I can't wait for the moment where we can't stand behind him anymore because we're just we're just gotta take advantage oh, of it now. We roll over at that point. <laughs> uh, I mean, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. You know, maybe maybe Tariq will step up for us, but 
uh, you know. Oh no, he's you know he's Canadian much. now. Like he he. I mean, he's he's American in the sense that like there's no Canada. All right, so <laughs> so for the audience listening in, you you'll you heard it here first, but I'm just gonna say it now, right? When Tarek Patel, when he lived in America. He was winning yeah, events. Yeah. He was winning callings. Yeah, sure. He was winning nationals, but then he moved to Canada, and um, yeah, he's a little washed now. So, <laughs> top eights of callings washed. Hey, look! No I wish one I was washed like that. <laughs> no one remembers the the back end of top eight, guys. Let's. Uh... That's it's true. Let me tell you. Hey, when Tarek Tarek, when you decide to move back to America. We'll let you get first place. Well, you said to get serious with the game again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, man. Shots have been fired. Uh, well, you know, speaking of North America and all this other worldly stuff, uh, we also got the uh, premier play announcement, um, which, you know, go, goes over all the, the callings and battle hardens and pro tour and worlds that's coming up. So we are getting a, it's all the way up to August. So we're getting, you know, a good little timeline of, you know, events we can play. So that's nice that we, we get it sooner than later. So let's kind of go over, you know, what this announcement said. First off, Europe is getting two callings. Mm-hmm. You got calling Antwerp and calling Birmingham. Um, so that's going to be pretty, pretty cool, pretty fun. Uh, they also got a battle hardened. Um, and I don't even know where this place is. It's in Germany. Into like geography, uh, but yeah, so they get a battle hard in Germany, uh, which is very cool. Uh, but now let's 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 come back. So, and the other thing that Europe gets is we know we don't know when, but we know that the next Worlds tournament is going to be in Europe. We don't know when or where, but we know it is. Yeah, a little disappointed that they didn't give us a country so that, you know, if if we wanted mm-hmm. the opportunity to look for tickets and maybe, like, get there early and, like, you know, take a train into whatever city gets hosted, I mean, that would have been nice, but, you know, I'll, I'll take what I can get. So, um, If there was a country you wanted to be, what would it be? Uh, Probably Spain or Germany, I think. Germany would be Spain cool. Spain would be real cool. I, I, I think France... I, a lot of people are saying Germany. Germany would be pretty sweet. I, I think the reason why Germany I would lean a little bit more towards is just because it's more Central Europe, right? And, like... I mean, that's fair. Yeah, so I think, like... I, I think France being, like, the Pro Tour 2, that was pretty big, and I think uh, mm-hmm. pretty centrally located. I don't know if they're willing to do that again or if they want to just try something new. So I think it, Germany would be kind of the next closest one, but... Um, Spain would kind of be cool too, you know. Give give Pablo some some of that re- much needed rest before a major event. Yeah, really ta- very true. Take off the weights and then go forward. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> kind of a, a side point, just being like a, a really terrible American. When I saw the calling Birmingham, I was like, Oh, oh you're thinking Alabama? <laughs> yeah, go go out meet the family, the extended family out in Alabama. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you saw that nice palace, and you're like, "Oh, that's not Birmingham." Hey, wait a minute, I didn't <laughs> that's know not Alabama. I didn't know Alabama had nice architecture. Let's... <laughs> I didn't know they had Big Ben. <laughs> yeah, usually, oh, um, 
Usually it's just the metal sheets on the outside of a... (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Um, You know what? I have a theory, all right? Because I'm taking this based off of the the pro tours that have happened Mm -hmm. here in America. Uh, The first one was in New Jersey, which is right next door to New York City. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, that's a little tourist destination, right? Uh, the second, uh, one was in France, but then we're having the, the third pro tour in Baltimore, which is right next door to Washington, DC. So another little touristy place. Uh, the worlds was in San Jose, right next door to San Francisco. Um, a, a, not as touristy as the other, but very, it's still very I mean, much. San Francisco is iconic. So I would disagree, but yeah. So, uh, the France one was pretty near Paris obviously. Mm-hmm. So I think it's within the realm of reality that Greece could get it. I'm just going to put that out like an Athens. Be wild. I would be more incentivized to go. You just want to eat that kind of food. That's like your place favorite. Like that. Flesh and Greek blood. food would be amazing. And then you see, well, also... I always respected the Greeks, all right? Yorgos Samaras or whatnot, that guy is an Oldham god to me, all right? When he has an Oldham list out, I look at his list before anyone else's. Um, So, yeah, I I would be freaking stoked. Or maybe like a Rome or something. Rome could be fun. They got flesh and blood playing in both these countries. It's easily doable. I don't know. Could happen. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I I, I guess I wouldn't really mind like an Italian... Um, worlds, right? I, I think that I think yeah. that'd be pretty good. Um, I mean, the food would just be excellent over I mean, there, right? So, dude, we'd get so fat; it'd be amazing. <laughs> they could I, I buy mean, London too. I see. I don't want London. So <laughs> I, I just don't want the UK. So with with Brexit and like just the all the EU regulations to to move, um, just a lot of the logistical items between, um, you know between UK and the rest of Europe. I, I am kind of curious if LSS will kind of avoid uh, like the UK just for worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, they, they had the calling in the UK. That's what makes me think maybe not. Uh, Cause Birmingham, right. Calling Birmingham. That's in the UK. Um, we could go to and Moscow. Like Antwerp's Belgium. Okay, yeah, I don't think we're gonna get one in Russia. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, considering I mean, it's, they don't even play in Russia. Considering it's like a one-off event, I don't think it will be like as bad as like you know bands that want to travel through Europe because they typically avoid the London area because mm. of the logistical costs. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm right. not sure if that will play into LSS's decision on where they're going. But uh, yeah, I would I would really like to know what country they're going to sooner rather than later because. Um, it does feel like uh, with this OP announcement, I had to make that last minute decision to go to Baltimore when I originally wasn't going to. So um, that that kind of switched over. So now I will be attending the Pro Tour. Let's talk about why you made that decision. Because we haven't talked about what's happening here in the States. We've only talked about Europe. Let's talk about what's happening here in the States. We have a Battle Hard Richmond. Okay. Mm-hmm. I believe that one's going to be like sealed or something which is kind of cool um nope just kidding it's classic constructed um there's battle hard pittsburgh that one's going to be the sealed and then there's a battle hard in salt lake city and then that's it 
So we don't have any more callings after Indy. Um, and this is up to August. They did make an announcement saying that once they confirm where and when Worlds is, they will announce the rest of the tournaments throughout the year. So maybe after August, we'll get a calling, which I'd assume we would. But from here now, which is like mid-February to August, we are not going to get any callings here in the States. And on top of that, the battle harness that we're getting, with the exception like of Salt Lake City, it's all on the east side, right? So um, not a lot of opportunities to play at big events this year to August for us, uh, you know, on the state side. Yeah, it really looks like uh, as far as the events go for the U.S. Uh, remaining, right? Um, outside of Battle Hardens, it looks like really we have the Pro Tour and then Nationals, right? So they could announce callings after or in between, but um, it's not really looking great as far as big events in the U.S. So, yeah, had to make that that quick pivot. Um, flights were actually kind of a little cheaper than I expected going to Baltimore um, from when I initially looked. So that kind of helped out, you know, gave that extra push. But yeah, this uh, gotta say, just the the OP announcement uh, kind of missed the mark a little bit for the U.S. Um, I was hoping that there'd be like another calling. Um, with the release, it was of, like there should have been one more for sure. Yeah, with the release of or Outsiders, the, I thought there there could have been one, but uh, you know, just with like the whole um, Channel Fireball situation and them not uh, having events, and then just as, yeah, not, no Channel Fireball events this year. Yeah, so um, from what I understood, the contract may have ended, right? And I don't know whether LSS is looking to revamp that or uh, make them hurt a little bit. But uh, either way, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to speculate too much on that. All I know is that the contract's out, right? So there, there's mm. I- anything could be happening right there, right? But um, that's that's probably why we're not really getting a lot of those events out in the West Coast. It looks mm-hmm. like the Realm Games is trying to pick that up with their... Looks like Realm Games is... Because Realm Games is uh, associated with the Battle Hardens that um, are around. Um, at least... Definitely for the Pittsburgh and Salt Lake City one. I don't see them for the uh, Richmond one. But, um, yeah, so, and there's what's called, like, you can, they have their own little tournament happening on Saturday and then a battle runs on Sunday. In their own tournament, you can earn a Realm invite, which, uh, that's a, so it sounds like we're, we're getting, like, a, you know, we already have in California the, the age opens and whatnot, uh, so it sounds like Realm is doing something similar. Um, so, you know, yeah, there's picking up the slack where Channel Fireball left. So, yeah, you know, maybe maybe this is what we see in the future. It's good that that vacuum was was quickly filled by the Realm. I'm kind of interested to see how these invites are going to play out. I, I think it may just be a little extra, like a little mm. too extra, if you get what I'm meaning. There. It might be. It might be. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But yeah, really. I'll be at the Salt Lake City one, so hopefully I can grab one mm-hmm. and then to see if I go. Yeah, and then you can you can let us know how it, how it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, really excited uh, for the Realm Games. I'm glad that they've really entered that opportunity. I think it's something that Flesh and Blood has kind of needed. And I was hoping that Battle Hardens in general just like, if they go to Dallas, maybe I don't know. Maybe one of the the local game stores there, like Reaper, could probably pick up an event and probably feels like Reaper is big enough 
right? It's been there since the beginning. Yeah, I, I'd be really interested for for LGSs to kind of look into that. I don't know kind of the logistics and the expenses around picking up an event, right? And you know the costs associated with that. But uh, I would love for that to be kind of an opportunity for for you know just players that want to play at semi big events but can't necessarily go out to a calling. Um, I know that the at least uh my my folks down in the south were hurting a little bit because we do we do have to travel True. We, we've had to travel yeah yeah there's no there's nothing happening as we know of in dallas right now um which is tends to be a city that gets a lot um florida didn't get any as well um yeah it's it's really i mean and then if you look at it like you know the people in the northeast like seattle and portland area you know like salt lake is somewhat close but it's still a travel like there's I mean, you we're, we're used to last year where there was like portland always got basically one. one every week um and so it's just like oh you could just kind of wait for it to be at yours but we also mentioned like on the team level and i can just bring this conversation out here is that when i think when the battle hardens were not as um as few so when there was more battle hardens we saw less people at battle hardens mm-hmm. like they would get just at 100 or maybe a little less or a little more um and personally we didn't take the battle harms as far as like the data that came from them we didn't take it too serious because it felt like battle harms like the competitive level kind of took a step down yeah, it was just an armory so right? he, yeah it felt like a super armory mm-hmm. um and that's not to take away anything from you know people who've won Battle Hearts because it's still impressive feat regardless. Yeah, right after but, right after our podcast with with Peter, we're like, <laughs> well, yeah, no, I no, I, uh, <laughs> no, obviously you're not doing that. Yeah. so I just it, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> uh, I but I'm curious, you know, if we're gonna see more numbers at these Battle Hearts since there's now there's gonna be fewer, um, and. With more numbers, I tend to take the the data more and more serious because it's like you have more rounds to go through, you have more uh, variances to like eliminate. <laughs> That's my dog. Um. Anyways, <laughs> but uh, so I think we might get a a better showing with fewer. So you know, to try to take a little bit of the good with the bad here. Let's see what happens. Yeah, it looks like Dallas yeah, is excited. Think. For that battle hardened stats, right? He's Dallas is really yeah, yeah. Joke. <laughs> yeah, that's my dog Dallas. Yeah, yeah we'll cut that. <laughs> um, no, you know I keep it, Gabe. I even wrote down a little Just... note. I'm like 23 minutes in, kill Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can keep Dallas. Um, <laughs> Just kill. Let's talk players. about some of the 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 other things that happened this week, which you know everyone's excited about. Mm-hmm. Everyone's looking at. Is the new spoilers we got yep. this week? All right, everyone's excited in the fact that hey, you know we're in a bit of a lull period. We want this outsiders. We want it. So any any bit of spoiler information we get, we're fucking thrilled about. <laughs> so let's go over some of the cards we've got. Uh, the first one that I want to talk about is the peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know what? Here, here, write this down, Gabe. We can. Put this card up. I was planning on it. Yeah. Hell well, yeah! Talk about games. it, then I just throw it on. Yeah. No. See. See. You, that's why you're our editor, dude. You're already on this stuff. Anyways, we get an Oldham card, guys. Pipe peace of mind. 
a two, a two power or two uh, cost instant that is an oasis respite that lets you draw a card at the end. Seems pretty damn good. Yeah, and, <laughs> seems like only for Oldham. And uh, Team Covenant looks like they got the card with Groot on it. So exactly right. <laughs> they did. Yeah, there is a uh, there's the alternate version, and it definitely does look like Groot. That's <laughs> true. I like it. Like that's the thing. Uh, like they release the alternate art first, and then they show us they the did. normal one. So it's like, why would I ever want the normal one? Like at that point, right? <laughs> the normal one has a little deer I, I, on it. I like his bird. His bird's cute. And a bird, dude. Like my collect, yeah. my collector brain. Like it just activated. <laughs> LSS knows what they're doing, and like it's it's working. It's working. So. Yeah, it does look pretty. The the alternate art, it really it does shine a little bit more. Um, I feel, yeah, I feel at peace when I look at that card. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Good, good. Um, you know what? I always wanted to kind of um, look at cards and as far as their name and like you know how their name really ties in to um, like their abilities, mm-hmm. like what happens. Tome of Harvest is a great one. Um, but looking at peace of mind, you know, like you're saying, Jonathan gives you peace of mind. But the thing is, it's like, hey, don't worry. You can use all your cards to block here. Good. As in, I'm talking as an older player. Don't worry, because the peace of mind is you'll draw a card and you'll arsenal it and you'll be fine. Hey, as an aggro player, yeah. <laughs> I am yeah, not right. feeling peaceful. <laughs> I am not feeling peaceful at all as an aggro player. Enraged. If an ultimate shows me that card, <laughs> yeah. What, what were you? Yeah. Saying? What were you saying? I want a board. I want like a board card. You know, I want that board state of mind. You know, where I'm just like Ruben Riley. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> Yeah, you're in that you're in that bore mentality right now. Exactly. Always, always <laughs> that bore mentality. Uh, one quick thing to note about this card is that it actually shows the uh, spear symbol mm-hmm. uh, for the, like the physical damage. So this is our first time we're seeing physical damage represented in this way. Um, so yeah, just a little just a little tidbit. Pretty cool. Yeah, really Pretty exciting. Uh, curious to see if any other heroes kind of pick up on this card. Um, but right now it looks like Ultim and Crown of Seeds is like the only one to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, oh, that's, yeah, it's beautiful. Like just, just really looking forward to seeing what other heroes use it. But right yeah, now, I, hell, I can just, I don't even need Crown of Seeds. I can just shield in peace of mind, whatever, you know, there's so many ways. Uh, I can Oasis Respite and Peace of Mind. All right. Anyway, I love it. I love it when the Ultim players just start talking about options. It's like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> sounds nice. Sounds nice. <laughs> we got the little taken away though, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, so you guys enjoy your options. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? That's great. Because speaking of options, let's get into our next card: the new token bow that both Azalea and Riptide, you will be rocking this bow in drafts if you draft those ranger heroes. Barb Castaway, it has options because you can choose both, I guess. Uh, once per turn, instant pain of resource, you may put an arrow card from your hand face up into your arsenal. And then, so that's just like a normal bow. Uh, but you can also pay once per turn, uh, pay one resource, you may turn a face down arrow in your arsenal face up if you do put an aim counter on it. So the aim counters are back. How we? What do we think? Scary. Yeah. I don't like aim counters. They, they just seem intimidating. Yeah, I mean yeah. they add a lot. They really add that extra mechanic and give 
you know, they give your arrows that extra oomph. So I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, aim counters being more of a thing. But regarding that ability specifically, uh, you know, looking at that at first, I'm, I was looking at it and just saying, hmm, I think that should be a zero cost. But mm. like with the aim counter being kind of that that extra oomph, I guess maybe the the one cost does kind of help. But uh, kind of curious on your thoughts, Eric. Yeah. So we, we've we've seen the sand scour bow. Mm-hmm. This is our first time it actually works with aim counter. But you kind of got to work for your aim counter. Here it makes it a lot easier just to get it. And I do think aim counter is going to be very important especially moving forward because aim counter is the way that rangers such as azalea can be her own sort of deck and have her own sort of arrows without lexi coming in and grabbing them and mm-hmm. saying yeah i can do everything you can do but i can do it better because i get elemental stuff this is the point where you sing that song and then we auto tune it but yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Is yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna do that, but yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I, I honestly think aim counters is a huge way to that's gonna like basically be Azalea's identity as a hero. Uh it's gonna almost just be her ability without being her official ability. And that's why I think aim counters is probably gonna be bigger than not. Um and I think we're going to get a lot more payoff cards. So, so it's like, as far as it should be free or not, I guess we'll find out, you know, are these payoff cards going to be big enough to make it where it's like, yeah, no, it's it's definitely worth it. Or are we going to get kind of meh aim counter arrows that is just like, cool, now I have to pay, you know, two resources to, mm-hmm. to do, you know, something cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I kind of want to tack on to that at the back end and interested in your thoughts as well, Gabe, here. So like, you know, with the, with this new bow, obviously it's a, it's a token bow. There could always be the opportunity for there to be a, a majestic or even a, mm-hmm. a, a higher rarity bow down the line in Outsiders. So, like, in your opinion, um, with with the amount of bows that are just available to the Ranger class right now, Sandscour's, the Sandscour's Great Bow is, like, the, the most recent that, um, you know, majestic class bow. Do you think that that has, like, any... Is there any validity to, to buying that right now um, prior to Outsiders? Do you think it's going to be utilized by the by the Rangers? Hmm. Kind of an out there question. So, I uh, mean, you know, obviously you're going out on a limb by answering that. I know. I definitely think depending on the price of the boat, I think if, it, if you can afford it, then, yeah, you should buy it. You know? It's one fifty for the for the marble. Oh, you're looking at the fancy oh, one. Oh, the marble. Let me go pull that up. So it's one fifty. Well, here's the good news: is the people that we already play Rangers with marble, or like, yeah, they're already bought that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like th- that's fine. <laughs> they don't got to worry about. It. They bought it as soon as it came out. I definitely think if like you want to play Ranger and you think there's a chance it could work, then you should buy it. Like if you're a Ranger that wants to flex, totally buy it. But. If you're a person like me that doesn't play Ranger or care to play Ranger, then just who cares, right? Like I like if if it's, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I, I just got my Ranger cards, and let me just say, looking That's at true. the other ones, they're they're expensive. Did you, did you buy them? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I. That's the one thing I haven't really bought. Like, oh, uh, so this so, this is where the question comes from. He's just asking for himself. I mean, <laughs> I need five on the I need help. I need help, and it's it's, it's your job so, to give that help to me, guys. Okay, with, without a doubt, you should buy it. There's five on the market, one for 160 
Then there's like 165, 180, 180, and the 250. So the market doesn't have a lot of them. You might be able to find one elsewhere, but you should probably buy it if you're That's considering good. it. Yeah, when you that sounds like FOMO. Yeah, when you say it so passionately and so well like that, so eloquently, I'm I'm a little scared that you have like a binder just filled with these. Oh, so <laughs> many. No, I definitely think it's totally a pickup. If you're if you're gonna FOMO about it and you want it down the line, you probably should just get it now, even if it goes yeah, down a little. It, it is it is one of those things I'm kind of hum and hawing about right now. Um, I just recently got my assassin cards. I got my I got my cold foil. Uh, Ranger equipment. I'm I'm getting prepped, but like there's still Wait. some things, right? I know who you need to talk to. It's it's one of our heroes of this podcast, <laughs> Mr. Levi Rauch. He is the Azalea main. He would know steer you in the right if direction. this Sandscour great bow is going to be worth it or not. Hmm, yeah, I that's a. That is good. I need. To we gotta get that guy on here. We really do. I gotta figure out how to get talk to him because I fangirl over him quite a bit. I'm just you know anyone that could top eight Azalea when Azalea's not good is they're, impressive in my mind. Yeah, so. they're they're champion. Uh, so I'd say you and then, buy and we'll just one. yeah yeah just just hold off on the question. We'll just bring him on here and you can ask him directly. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's what we need, but uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. I hope uh, I hope the price doesn't go up too high after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. We'll get him on next week. No, I don't know, but if, if we can, we will. I'll, I'll say that I will legitimately make a big, big uh, push. Does here. he have a Twitter? We can try to hit him up through Twitter. I bet he does. Everyone has a freaking Twitter. That's how you have to. That's how you communicate in this game. Like really honestly, LSS use Twitter like no other. Really Let's move on to our last. Um, our last spoiler that we got, and this one's a big one because it is a specialization. It is um, our first Riptide card. Uh, it's another Ranger card, so obviously. It is a blue pitch, zero cost uh, trap. That box for three. Mm-hmm. Uh, called Collapsing Trap, legendary Riptide specialization. When this defends an attack with Go Again, the attacking hero discards their hand and draws that many cards minus one. That's so huge. That's that is. I mean, there's a reason why it's legendary. You know, like that's such a huge ability. It's borderline it's broken. Like it's so good. I mean, it's not. It's not broken, but a like bit. a little bit. I mean, it's just a plan ruiner. You know. Oh, absolutely. Like that's the whole thing about aggro. Is aggro says while you're taking your turn, aggro looks at here. Let me get some cards here. Aggro looks at their hand and are like. Yeah, okay, do your thing. Because they're playing out their turn. They're not going to block. Yeah. They're playing out, like, how do I best use these four cards? Dude, I can't, right? I can't believe you, so... had, you had cards just ready. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> oh, dude, it's, it's a mess on this desk with flesh and blood cards, let me tell you. <laughs> I, I, I don't have any of my cards oh. near me right but now. Yeah. So I, just, I love that, so thank you. <laughs> no, you, you guys are much more professional than I. My, it's... There's a reason why the camera like shows this point up, right? <laughs> uh, mountain of cards, right? Um, I'm your typical flesh and blood player with cards just everywhere around here. Yeah, I feel like your chair might be Anyhow. made out of cards. <laughs> Could be, it uh, you know, is. if it was comfy enough, no. I might. No, I, I appreciate. Um, it. No, this 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 kills uh, aggro hands. Um, you know, it, obviously, you know, you could draw into a better hand, you could draw into a worse hand, but like the whole point is, is that. 
like you said, Jonathan, you plan out a turn. So it like just disrupts your whole plan. You have to like reorganize and you lose a card. You have to draw that many cards minus one. So you just lose a card, which is huge. Do you think that like this would like have an effect on on cards like Zealous Belting or um, Rouse the Ancients as well? Like, do you think that there's like any playability into that? So it's a legendary. So it's only taking up one slot. Um, so it might just be one of those cases because it's blue that it's just in your deck at all times, and just sometimes it works better than not. Mm-hmm. Most times it's just used to pitch. That just might be the case, or it blocks for three too, so it just blocks pretty well. Now it's a trap, right? Um, which we'll get into. Doesn't mean any as like the same thing as it once meant. So right now you can the way it's set up right now is you can just block it for three. It doesn't even have to be nourished. We'll get into that though. Uh, so I think it is one of those cards that's like, even if you're going against Bravo, and it's like, yeah, like they can rouse or seal a spell team, but that's like the only time to fucking do that. You probably are just playing this card anyways, because it's a blue pitch that blocks for three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So I'm really interested to see, like, this card just looks so good. And like, I think it just highlights the flavor that traps will have. So really excited. But yeah, oh, let's, yeah. let's get into the, oh, yeah. let's get into the next announcement, like you were saying. Yeah, let, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, because traps aren't real anymore, guys. Rip. <laughs> uh, it's it's <laughs> uh, okay, so here it is. I had to pull it up here, but um you don't need so the why didn't we play traps before? Tell tell me, Jonathan, why why didn't we play traps before? Is it just took way too much work to get them going? Right, like they it took a lot of work. Just a, a, lot of, a lot of red tape around them, right? Yeah. Gabe, you're right. Yeah, there is. You had to play it from your arsenal, and even even with New Horizon, when you get to have two arsenal spots, like it's just still so hard because you got to devote the entire arsenal spot to play this one card that can only be played out of the arsenal, and it's only working is um, as in a defense reaction, right? So there's only been three traps, Tripwire Trap, Pitfall Trap, Rockslide Trap. They're all from Crucible. Mm-hmm. That is no longer going to be the case. We're going to get more traps. We already saw one. And because we're getting more and more traps, in order for Riptide to have a chance, I wasn't sure if his ability was going to allow this to happen like on a passive ability scale, but it seems like we're going to get it just as an errata in general. Traps no longer have to be played from Arsenal. Traps are basically D-Reacts now. Um, There will be certain heroes, like Riptide, and certain cards that work with the trap, um, like, uh, what would that be? The trap name or whatnot, the trap type, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, there's cards that work with trap, but the word trap just is kind of synonymous with defense reaction at this point. Yeah. So the the Crucible War Traps, they have a functional errata that says that specific trap can be played only from Arsenal, but as far as future traps going forward, they will not have that that stipulation anymore, right? So um, there's going to be a a lot more opportunities for Ranger to kind of um, venture off in, in different play lines here. So I think that really speaks to, you know, just better gameplay down the line. 
and uh, really LSS mm -hmm. listening to, yeah. to our pleas, right? Our cries for help to, to make traps a little bit, you know, more interactive. So I think that this will allow for that. Yeah, and they are going to be uh, reprinting these and giving them out as promos. So you will be able to get uh, some foil traps that have the new errata text on it, which is basically just the eliminate the top line. Which... But uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm super, super stoked that, like you said, open up new avenues. Mm -hmm. We're going to get uh, more abilities using traps. It might not just be a Riptide thing anymore. Hell, we might even see Lexi use traps now, right? So who knows? Go ahead. I mean, just in general, I'm like really excited for that they updated the errata traps, right? So like now, now they're much more functional, yeah. and like especially for like my playstyle. When I played Yu-Gi-Oh back in the day, like in the man, that was a long time ago. But um, the the type of theme that I liked was like Trap Master and like effect monsters that like had like a lot of flips. So like. I don't know. That's just like so annoying to play against, and like I, you know, we can we can go over whether it was worthwhile or not competitively, which it it wasn't. Um, but like, I think having that opportunity in Ranger to be kind of like that trap master, that disruption, just adding adding those um, you know that difficulty to the game, and just being frustrating to deal with in general. I I'm really excited for. Uh, uh, yeah, I just think it's going to be oh, really yeah. awesome to play. You know what? You're going to be playing every single week in March with this new armory kit. I think because so. Because that's where you that's where you get your trap cards, right? You get there's uh twelve of each. Mm -hmm. So, you know, giving them out, you know, three at a at a time. Uh, you get the new bow, the barb castway and cold foil. So if you I mean you have all your other bows in cold foil, you gotta play this one, right? You gotta get gotta get that bow. And you, you get all the spikes with the, the blood rot or blood pox and, you know, uh, frailty and inertia. You get those full art. And then the uh, Uzuri playmat, which is the big one. It's going to be sick, dude. I'm stoked. Yeah, so, so March is going to be pretty hype. We're going to get more spoilers, but we're also getting, you know, our, our pre-armory uh, set here and getting all of our new, new cards that we Aren't quite legal yet, but I'm about to say, yeah, we have to wait to play with them. At the mouth. Yeah, we just get to hold them and, and kind of wonder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, really, really interested to to seeing these, uh, you know, the spike reactions, how they get played out, because um, especially with like frailty and inertia tokens and and the blood pox or blood rot, like that's going to be so interesting <laughs> to see how that plays out in the new. Oh, yeah. set so because um, i think it will actually have an effect on some of our current heroes so mm -hmm. oh definitely oh yeah no no for sure um yeah yeah uh, we can we can talk in uh, like another 30 minutes about these new like these new spike cards but we'll save that for when we get a little bit more spoilers and when we start to see uh you know potential meta change Ooh. um I'm, I'm i'm very optimistic on seeing a different meta coming emerging from this uh new set coming out mm -hmm. uh, but we'll we'll kind of see what goes on um you know what i think we covered what you know what uh, was planned to talk about so so, so have, what, what do we okay go I ahead one Gabe. Train let me, of thought. Let me hear. it's completely like it derails the tracks from where we're at 
Um, Let's derail it. It's just tracking back to earlier when we were talking about Pro Tour or um, Baltimore, okay. whatever's going on there. Because yep. um, they announced, the, and I'll explain where this all comes from, of course. But oh, they okay. No, they, they did make a huge announcement. You're absolutely right. Go ahead. I don't know if I'm talking about the same one, but um, I was going to talk about the playmat they revealed. and then say, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, they announced it's going to be the grass or the, the shard. And then Arknight shard. that might correlate hmm. into there being a cold foil rune chant on that prize wall, which is where my yeah. thought was going. Because I was thinking that's about a very reasonable gonna... thing to correlate with. Yeah. Because I was thinking about like the cold foil inertia tokens and all that. I'm like, when are we going to get those? And I'm like, wait, where's the rune chant? And then I'm like, all right, well, there's the map for the rune chant. So that's my little derailment. But you can go on to it if you're phased. I want to... So here's here's my problem. Is that I went to the first Pro Tour. I got the Heart of Fiendle mask. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to the second one. So I don't have the Eye of Infidia one. so cool. But I am going to go to this one. And I'm going to get this Arc Knight Shard. And now I kind of feel like... I kind of got to get that Eye now. I got to, you know... Collect now my, my collector thing is triggering... Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I kind of feel like I got to get all the shards. I mean, am I wrong? No, I think you, if you're, you kind of have to, but then it's like, did you play in that forward tour to get the mat? That's why I'm like, I wanted to get the Eye of Aphidia mat, but then I'm like, like, oh, did you play in it? I'm like, no. <laughs> That's my issue with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, don't feel like, yes, I don't feel like there's anything that, um, can really be done to the playmat situation. Uh, there's nothing that really makes me want to go out and buy more at this point. Um, yeah, I've already got a collection of 20 plus playmats and some of them rarer oh than the God, others, dude. right? Well, whenever you want to get rid of them, bro, I'll take them off your hands. I got like one that's stained. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, like, I don't, I don't really like the whole collectability around playmats. I think like you kind of hold on to your couple that you really like and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe these are gems. Some could say it's yeah. like a playmat dilemma, honestly. So, like, really just, you know, vote with your wallet, right? Uh, if you can get them all, right. like, go for it, right? It, it, but, like, you know, if you're not attending those events, the prices are kind of different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Here's another thought I had, though, too. Is what gem is next? You know, Ooh. first off, is it going to be a gem? Or is it because they already had like a lot? They already had the the, the landmark playmats, so it's probably still going to be a gem. That was so that. The next one is Valhai. Yeah, right. Like, right. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. So they have to skip over. That the library. one's not the prettiest one to me. Hmm. Yeah. So they already got the the course They already got the library. Um. Now it's Valhai, and I'm like, I'm not that stoked about Valhai. I'd be more about the draconic one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, part of me is like, hmm. you know, like the other ones, they look so pretty. Uh, Grandeur, Valheim, like, eh, all well, right, whatever. They might no one's... just because of, yeah. Yeah, you go, you go, you're go talking. It, you're good. Okay, I was going to say they might switch it up because that was like the first three main sets. So they might try to maintain with that theme. I can't imagine they'd want to keep going off on the. Like, no one's going to blame you if like, you only have the first three gems, right? Like that's already better than like, right? So I I think you can I I think that becomes a natural cutoff. So like as far as like a a, a playmat collection, you know, whatever however you want to put that, I think um I think having the first three gems would be pretty key, right? Mm-hmm. So like you got you got the first three gems, you got the world 
the world's play mat. Like, yeah, I think you're you're pretty set. Oh yeah, I mean. This is true. Just put it lightly. Yeah, so um, kind of just a, a small discussion that I've had kind of internally, but um, I, I've been a little upset with some of the uh, the recent podcast information, especially when we talk about like ban and restricted announcements in the meta. Um, so lately, just like listening to like the MNR podcast, uh, Arsenal Pass um, specifically, uh, yeah, like their analysis on like the bands and what they thought the the meta was going to be. Well, the meta hasn't changed. The bands didn't really do like a whole lot other than hypothermia in my mind, right? Yet, like it it feels like you know when Tark Patel, Brendan Patrick, and Hayden Dale like kind of talk in their their last podcast, it's like yeah, no one saw the Icelander was going to be good. I I I just call bullshit like. I don't know. Like, I feel like, I feel like they've gotten away with like not really saying how they truly feel about the meta, and like at a certain point, it's like, what's what's there even really worth listening to their podcast outside of new releases? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Depends on the channel. <laughs> like... Yeah, I think yeah. you can look back at like past tweets that people have done to kind of hold the validity with Tarek talking about Nignac Brickerbrack. What was that? Um, do you remember that tweet that they talked about that? I mean, so that was a that was specifically a, a Channel Fireball article, and like realistically, like even like the Channel Fireball articles I've been seeing Tarek release lately, like they've kind of just become a joke, like. I don't know. Like, it's just a meme of like, hey, whatever he does, like, he's not actually going to bring, right? And like, he, he did, like, actually, br he did bring Briar recently, which was kind of like a surprise compared to like, yeah, compared to like all the other articles. It's like, uh, that was probably the most realistic one. But yeah, it, it's just become one of those things where it's like, these competitive players are not giving you the details, right? And, um, you know, I think there's that understandability of like holding things back, but when they're specifically telling you, Hey, play these heroes and like, they're not even touching them when like Icelander is clearly the best. Um, yeah. I just, I really don't get that. So uh, I feel like there's a bit of a conflict of interest there. And then like something else that they kind of said was like, 
oh yeah, I thought that Amulet of Ice and Hypothermia were going to be enough of a band. When it's like Insidious Chill is just so strong. And like, it's literally the engine that keeps Icelander good. Like, this is something that I've been complaining about since the Banner Restricted Announcement came out. I thought that they shouldn't have banned Winter's Whale. I think they should have banned Crown of Seeds. And I think that they shouldn't have banned Amulet of Ice. They should have banned Insidious Chill. And like, yeah, like, again, those heroes are still top tier they haven't moved budged an inch from where they were so it's like don't don't necessarily trust everyone's opinion even even we're fallible right and um you know if, if you think that there's a, a better opinion or hey maybe we're missing the mark there i would definitely appreciate comments below just saying that and and you know helping us lead to a better perspective yeah like we want to we want to provide a perspective uh that's not only unique but um, that that's kind of uh, can be taken up against, and uh, you know we we want to we want to say that these hold water, they don't, right? So, um, but I, I feel like um, when someone says, "Oh, we didn't expect Icelander or Old Him to be at the top of the meta," I'm really curious who you're talking to in the competitive realm, because I think that when you listen to We Make Best, when you listen to Card Guys, when you listen to us, we were all stating that these were the best decks. And like, yeah, sure, we don't have the viewership that maybe Arsenal Pass or the MNR podcast has, but without a doubt, like, <laughs> I don't know who you were talking to if you didn't think that those two decks were the best. I mean, so, we did think Oldham was dead. And we, but we published yeah. it, so like... Yeah. But even even within those internal discussions, I was complaining uh, within Sneep that you guys don't know what you're talking about. And I think Eric would <laughs> even be willing to this is true. Mhm. Mm Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, and like um, given like any... the person too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely think we. The, we should shout out the Levia guy for doing that because I think. Okay. Because Jeff Morvan three nine four, I just wanted to put that out there. Just give props to you know. But sorry. yeah, I think that's really good. And like in those situations where it's like you know the the season is a little bit busier, and like we may not be able to like come out with a video for that specific deck tag, but like for like maybe the Viscerai comment, right? Because you know this is a pretty busy season right now. Um, yeah, like we, we. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is like we we get that information and then like we do tests, right? So um, mm -hmm. 
just because we're not putting out a video doesn't mean that we're not testing on the back end and really listening to these opinions. And I think that's that's healthy for any competitive realm, right? Like whenever someone says, hey, look at this, you should be testing it, right? Mm-hmm. It's philosophy. Yeah, if we're passionate about the sideboarding, if we're passionate about the deck itself and, and what that deck can do, like, yeah, we'll we'll post that video, right? So I think that's mm -hmm. a really great call out. Like, you know, while while some of these decks may not necessarily be S tier, you know, we'll we'll give you what tier that they we think that they are, right? And really we're we're going to give you our, our opinion before the video and then we're going to we're going to post that video and give you the the tech right so um i i just think that yeah before all i would say is that before any major event whether that's a a pro tour calling nationals or worlds right like it's just be extremely cautious of the information that you're getting from these quote-unquote pro players because mm -hmm. um they know that the meta is a little aggro tilted, right? So, um, you know, they're going to lead you to the aggro deck so that they can play the control deck that beats that deck, right? So um, there, there is quite a bit of play towards that. I, I think that this narrative, um, you know, we've seen it before, but lately I think with the last ban and restricted announcement, I think I've seen it a little bit more rampant than I like. And uh, yeah, I would be remiss not to voice my opinion when I think that there are casual viewers that are being led astray. Mm -hmm. I feel, I feel a little, I a little hot really right now. Yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little heated on that, that topic there. So my apologies for...
Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> so. Thank you. <laughs> 